0: Sunday school in the fourth grade. There are about 20 of us in this class, and one Sunday our teacher challenged us, if any of you reads the entire book of Genesis, you'll receive a prize. I remember saying within myself, oh, absolutely. Didn't everybody kind of wonder what the Bible said, In goodness, there's a prize involved. I figured all 20 of us were blitzing through Genesis Monday through Saturday. That should have been the first clue, I was a little different. (laughs) I did show up three weeks later to the teacher, said I completed Genesis and he said, you're the only one, how wonderful. Next week there'll be a prize. Next week rolls around and he declares to the class, someone has finished the Genesis challenge. And he handed me a freshly baked sheet of brownies. And as he's doing it, he's standing in front of the class, he says, Bobby, you can do whatever you want with these brownies. You can go home and eat them yourself you could share them with your family or not you can share them with your classmates or not every fiber of my being went to race off with that sheet of brownies (laughs) and try them all for myself but if you've been raised in the church the soil that fred talked about very minimally by the fourth grade you know two things love your neighbor And there's that story about Jesus who took a little bit of bread and some fish and like multiplied it to feed 5,000. So I'm soon in the corner of my Sunday school classroom cutting each brownie into thirds. And so all of us have just this mini little brownie now in our hand. But the whole time I'm hanging on to this shred of hope that because this is Sunday school and I am doing a generous thing and Jesus had done it once before The brownies did not multiply. (laughs) We all ate our very small bits of brownie, and I remember this being one of the earliest times in my life where I lamented, there's just not enough. The brownies are great, but we need three sheet pans, not one. And that feeling has taken hold again and again in my life in all different seasons. I think it's one that takes hold of all of our lives in different seasons. There's a sense that there's just not enough. There's not enough time to get this done. Just one more hour, one more day. Not enough in in the bank account to to feel secure. Just, Just X amount more. Not enough resources, not enough water. To meet the acute needs that plague so many corners of our world and our city. Or or we're not enough. For all that that we want to do, that we need to do, that we have to do. We we need to be better, stronger, smarter. For the project, for the work, for the parenting, for for this life. Truly, I I think there is this sense that... We're not enough. There's not enough that weighs in some form or another upon us regularly. And so I think when we hear Jesus say, let anyone who has ears listen, what we most naturally hear is, ooh, we want that more than enough, hundred, sixty or thirty-fold yield of goodness. Let's figure out how to be really good soil you know the people that do the words that jesus says to do that's how you make the brownies multiply let's be good soil so there's more than enough but how do you ensure you have really good soil because honestly if you read through the rest of the gospel of matthew or the whole of it it's not clear who the good soil is, no matter how faithful they are at moments or or dedicated at times or or not. There's many we read in the Gospel of Matthew who hear the kingdom of God and do not understand, Included the very devoted, studied, knowledgeable religious leaders, like seed upon this path that doesn't even get it. There's crowds of people, you may recall, that respond so positively to Jesus' healing, his teaching. They're filled with joy. The same crowds that... The chant, crucify him. They turn. And like the, the, the seed that just never really goes anywhere. The disciples, his closest followers, right? The ones, they're once asked by Jesus, have you understood all of this that I have said, done, and taught? And they say, yes. Oh, we get it. But then trouble and persecution arise and... And some betray and some deny him and some just go silent. The point is, if you read through the Gospel of Matthew, for the most part, it is difficult to find really great, ongoing examples of of good soil that yields this, this incredible multiplication. Except, of course, in Jesus himself. Because if you've read the Gospel of Matthew, if you know the story, people react to Jesus in different ways. And even though people fail to understand his message or don't nearly do all of it, or or, or his closest friends betray him, deny him, go quiet, Jesus keeps teaching, keeps healing, keeps walking with them. Do you know what the final verse of the Gospel of Matthew says? It's Jesus speaking. And he says, and remember, I am with you always, even to the end. How striking that throughout his earthly ministry and then all the way to the very end of that ministry, Jesus just gives no consideration to the soil condition of the people around him. Rather, the word is, I'm with you, period. I'm scattering the seed of God's love, God's justice, God's truth, God's compassion, which sounds a lot like the sower in the parable that we heard right the one doing all the action we get so caught up in what kind of soil we are or aren't we sometimes forget this is the one who's the main point of the whole parable the actual mover and shaker stewarding the entity with power in the parable Right, It's the sower going out, throwing seed all over the place, throws it on good soil, throws it on the kind of soil even many of us non-farmers recognize that's a really great bad idea, right? Thorny soil, dry soil on the path where everybody's just walking all the time. And seeds, seeds were not cheap, right? That's a valuable, essential resource for living. And here's a story of someone not just being generous with the seed, a little extra over here, a little extra over here, but actually a a sower who is extravagantly wasteful, irresponsible. I mean, that seed has no shot on that soil. That's a terrible business plan. Here we were worrying about our soil health and what's the good soil, and let's worry about the reckless sower because that's a good product. What's he doing? You know, before my family and I ever arrived to First Presbyterian Church, you all began sending us notes in the mail, notes of encouragement, notes of where to eat, Jimmy Vega, 600 degrees, notes of love. And then... On the very first day I served officially, you sent many more notes. That was the day that my mom died. And this is only half of them that I got at that season of life, because this basket just wouldn't fit them all. Right off the bat, a whole lot of seeds scattered upon grieving soil. And then during the pandemic, when the leadership is constantly making one decision after another about virtual in-person social distancing masks sustaining a budget and the world was generally in one constant state of what's next how bad is it And my stomach my stomach would literally get tied into these hard calloused unbreakable knots of anxiety and you sent letters of kindness and encouragement some of you also wanted to make sure another kind of seed was getting planted (laughs) bill stanley sent this with his notes beloved bill a lot of seed scattered on anxious soil. And then over a year or so ago, you all joined alongside three other Presbyterian churches in the area and sponsored a refugee family from Afghanistan and helped them to find a new home in Georgetown. Dozens of you volunteered. Cumulatively, I heard a recent estimate that with the financial donations and, and housing and finding a, a car, a van, work, helping with paperwork, all the rest, you, you gave around 75000 $80,000 dollars let alone countless hours of of just being there and befriending and providing rides to errands and work and advocating and doing the paperwork and getting the children in school systems. That's a lot of scattered seed in soil that's in transition, soil that's in grief, soil that is uncertain, soil of a quite different makeup, quite frankly, than most of us are used to. Also during the pandemic, you knocked out a couple walls of this church, and you created the gathering place out there. You gave generously financially, and then also behind the scenes with time and planning and creativity in a space that would uh, literally widen the welcome of this congregation. I, I think uh, something of a visual and, and structural statement about what is, what is true in the heart of this congregation, namely We have space for everyone. But boy, that's a lot of scattered seed on the unknown soil of visitors of every kind and background. Since returning to in-person ministry and office hours and all the rest, 2021, you have met and welcomed and gotten to know by name the growing population of folks in our area who do not have a regular kind of home of one kind or another. Our neighbors in in their various kinds of needs come through the office every week, and to them you have given so generously that you founded a food and clothing closet in one of the former Sunday school classrooms, and you keep it supplied from among you with the food, the clothing, HEP gift cards, and all the rest. And you partner regularly with Helping Hands for larger meals and and assistance at the laundromat through the Laundry Love Ministry. And it's just, it's a lot of scattered seed upon the soil of visitors and folks make it one day at a time. What I'm getting at is with just a few examples of the many I could give, is that in my three and a half years, it has struck me how generously this congregation spread the seed of God's kindness and love and goodness. And in every case, it really would be easy to raise the question, but is this the kind of soil on which we throw something so good and generous? Is is the soil any good? Can you grow anything on grieving soil, anxious soil? Foreign soil, soil that's not Christian or not in the same way as we Presbyterians do the things. Soil with a past, soil rife with addiction, soil that has the news running 24-7 from that channel. Soil that young, soil that old. I for one give great thanks to know a people who have not spent their time discerning who's truly good enough, correct enough. Right side of the aisle, enough. Right income level, enough. Generally right soil, enough. But rather like the sower, a people who scatter the seed of God's way and God's love generously unto one another and their community with abandon always and to the end. Maybe that's one of the great gifts of being a congregation that's 169 years old. For there exists in that kind of congregation this deep, invisible knowledge. Because you've seen it time and again. <laughs> that ours is a God with whom the seed of love can land in the most unlikely, arid, dry place, even the barrenness of death itself. And whether it takes three days, or three years, or three generations, It will rise with life, far beyond all we could ever have asked for or imagined. What's the latest way God is inviting us to trust that hope as we scatter seed upon all the soils? Of course, I recognize even amidst the active seed scattering that you all know and do. We ourselves are still prone to show up wondering how how we can make our soil in particular a little better, a little richer, a little more fertile. But thanks be to God that the good news of Jesus Christ is for all the soil out there and in here, which is to say whether we arrive with soil knotted in anxiety, soil in a flood plain of, of grief, a thick cynical soil, an apathetic soil, an angry soil, an ashamed soil, an addicted soil, a tired dry soil. Upon that soil, and with regard, without regard to how that soil is doing or not doing, the good seed of God's kindness and God's encouragement, God's truth and God's life. God's love and God's joy that is being actively scattered generously so that's just who the sower is and cannot do otherwise and may God grant you in these coming days the eyes to see just which seeds are landing on that soil for such a time as this and given How generously this congregation sows in every direction. I would not be surprised if one way that the sower is nourishing your soil is by another in the body of Christ at First Presbyterian Church, Georgetown, Texas. Amen.